Good morning everyone. Welcome to this morning's service here at High Kirk. Um, tea and fellowship after the morning service in St Monarch's Isle. And on Wednesday we have 10.30 prayer fellowship in St Monarch's Isle. 1pm the discipleship group in the hall. And 6pm the girls brigade in the hall. I welcome also to any visitors we have with us today and to those uh, listening uh, from home. Um, future dates for our diary, the Guild Scottish Afternoon is on Thursday the 19th of January at 1.30 in the Church Hall. And then a big thank you for all the wonderful donations that you've made again. Uh, for Sammy's school, uh, i.e. Rain Edge International, um, we managed to get 1,220 pounds for Sammy's school. That's amazing. Thank you very much. And then for Tears Fund, we got 331 pound 45, and that was doubled up uh, when it was sent to them to make it a total of 662 pounds 90. So that's fantastic generosity. So that's brilliant. And a wee bit at the end, the other news is to do with the review uh, of Presbytery's mission plan. And so the, the review panel are meeting at the end of January when they will make their final decision. So we just pray that God's will will be done in that situation. Now hand over to Scott. Well, thanks so much, Billy. Well, we're going to worship the Lord together. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Well, let's do that as we sing in our opening hymn, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
For the Lord is good and faithful. He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus. Jesus strong and kind. Well, I love the last verse. Jesus said, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on that cross, he will come to me. Isn't that lovely? Well, let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. O oh, our gracious and eternal God, as we continue into this new year, we still celebrate and rejoice in Christ, our Emmanuel. We marvel that Jesus, the incarnate and eternal Son of God, would come to us and clothe himself with humanity, but more, that Jesus, the incorruptible one, who would clothe himself with our sins, and the Lord of life who would die and be laid in a grave for us. Therefore, Lord, we magnify and glorify your name, our, might, our mighty God. And so we give thanks that Christ, our conquering King, your well-beloved Son, has risen from the dead to bring life in all its fullness to all who call upon his name. And so, Lord, this, on this your day, may we know life in the Spirit, or to know the fullness of the Spirit's quickening power. And we do plead, oh, that you would remove dead and lifeless formality from our worship. And bring life to our songs of praise. Bring life to our prayers and our longings. And Lord, selfishly, I also pray, grant me as I preach life in all its fullness. And may all who hear your gospel of truth receive life in your name. And so, Lord, as we unite our hearts, we trust in Christ alone. May we die to self and to sin and that we would know that newness of life as we walk with you. Yet daily we still need grace, mercy, forgiveness, cleansing. Oh, crucify our sins and magnify the Lord Jesus in our hearts and lives and in our homes. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed triune God, sanctify us, revive us. And as we pray together, we share in the Lord's Prayer, praying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Bible reading today comes from Numbers chapter 10, verses 29 to 36, and can be found on page 151 in the Hebrews. 
so much Joyce for reading to us the word of God well we're going to sing I'll let you keep your seats once again and we'll sing ancient words ever true changing me changing you we've come with open hearts so let the ancient words impart holy words let's worship together
Can I ask us to return to our reading there in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament? I know it's an unusual book. Um, Some of us may well in our daily readings just kind of pass over it. But I want you to remind you where we are here in Numbers. In the book of Numbers, Moses and and Israel are about to experience a new beginning a new beginning and i know that this morning we all feel that do you know this i wish we could have a a new beginning in our own lives have you ever have you ever felt like that lord if only i could just start again a brand new start where i wouldn't make maybe as many mistakes in life well imagine here we are now, they had been, Israel had been around Mount Sinai for almost a year. And the Lord now promises them, it's now time for a new beginning. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine, oh, we're ready for this. Lord, oh, because now remember the Lord's promised, I'm going to be with you. I'll be with you. They're now going to leave Mount Sinai and they're now going to go through the wilderness of Peran. And then they're going to come into the, the plains of Moab and eventually they're going to come into the promised land. And so at the beginning of the book of Numbers, the reason for the, the title Numbers is because at the beginning there's a census being taken of all who begin the journey. And then at the end of Numbers, again, there's another census taken. But the census at the end is, is a sadder sense, census because it's the ones who survived and who were now going to go in. It was the new generation at the end of Numbers. And so here we read this morning in Numbers chapter 10. And this is where I want to bring us this morning. To me, I love this chapter because it describes the mission of the church. We see the church in action. Notice, God had revealed to Moses that he would set them free. God has come down to the people. It's been on the heart of God The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our blessed Tyon God, desires to be with you and me. Not to worship from afar, where God is in a high cloud in the heavens, and we're just these people on earth, just trying to do the best in how to worship. No, the gospel, the truth of the scriptures is that God desires to come down to you and me. He desires to be with us. That's why God said, when Christ comes, when the promised Messiah comes, who will be God in human flesh, his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. It's always been on the heart of God to be with us. So that we would know and experience his real presence. Not just an imaginary idol, but God desires that we would experience him, that we would really know him. 
And so God came to Moses and the people of God. But notice how in the old, in that old church, there were many in Israel who said, Moses, you go up and be with God for us. You go into his presence and we'll just stay here at the bottom. I don't mind God being with us as long as he, he's up there now. You're the priest, you're the prophet, you're the leader. You, you should have a closer walk with God. You should be more intimate with God and, and, and we'll just keep our distance. That's how some reacted. But you know, there were others who had such a heart to be with God. They said, no, God desires to be with me. He desires to come down and to... I, I'm invited to come in to his presence. And you find Moses, Joshua, Caleb, and there's others who have such a heart to be close to God. And so now God has promised... I'll be with you. I'm going to be close to you. I'm going to tabernacle with you. And when the tabernacle is set up in the wilderness, oh, you're going to see the cloud of my presence with you. You will always be assured that I'm there. I'm very real. Oh, to know the touch of God upon a life. And see, when the presence of God touched the early church here in the Old Testament, that Old Testament church, notice what happened. When they came to know the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God, when God touched a life, they couldn't help but invite others. They wanted others to come and experience the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. I wonder if we've lost that vision for the church. We can often come to church and we can hope, Lord, I hope you'll bless me today. Oh, I hope you'll speak to me. I hope you'll turn my heart around. Lord, oh, that you would bless me, 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 me. And I hope I get my favorite hymns. I hate it when we get all these hymns that we don't know. Lord, I hope I get whatever. And you know, we can often come to church for me. That's not church. That's not what church is about at all. It never was. The church, as we're going to see, even in the Old Testament, they had a grasp of what church is. They are the ecclesia. The Greek word ecclesia means the called out ones. They are, they are those who have been called out from where they are, from darkness into the light. Those who have been called, who have been forgiven, cleansed of their sins, and they're now brought in and set free. Set free for what? Set free to walk with God and to declare his might, to declare the unsearchable riches of Jesus. We're to go out. That's the church. The church are those who have been called in of God and who are then sent out. And we should never lose that vision for the church. If we ever become just a, a body of people who are just called into a building, then we've become a cult. That's a cult, not a church. And so here, the church is called 
On Mount Sinai, the Lord calls his church and now he's going to send them out. They're going to go from that place and yes, God will bless them. Isn't that good? God will bless us as we worship together, but he will then make them a blessing to others. That's the church. And that's what God is going to do. He's going to fulfill his promise. As he promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, I will bless you. And I will make you a great nation. And you will be a blessing to all nations. Even all the Gentile nations. Those who don't know me. You're going to become a blessing to them. They're going to hear about the goodness of God. They're going to hear about my mercy and my grace and my love. They're going to hear about the coming Messiah. And they're going to put their trust in him. When he comes, oh, people will come from all places and they'll come and worship him. And so, as God calls out his church, what a great profession. Notice in verses 11 there to 28, the church, at the very beginning, at the outset of their journey, they make a great profession. We're told that they believed in the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are, journeying, uh, we are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Israel had waited over 400 years for this moment. When God was going to fulfill his promise. Imagine it. 400 plus years, Israel had known that God was going to take them to a promised land where they would be blessed and be made to be a blessing. And now God comes to them. It's time. I am going to fulfill my promise. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. And Israel, of course, oh, they began well. Oh, I believe. I believe it. And the excitement as they were leaving now Mount Sinai, they weren't, they weren't just believing in the promise though. Their whole confidence and trust was now in God. But notice, as they left now, they were going to walk out what they believed. What a profession. What a great profession of faith. It's not all about just believing what the Bible teaches. It's not all about believing in our doctrines and having the right truths to hold on to. It's about living it out. That's what makes a great profession of faith. It's where that you don't just say, I believe, but this is the way I live because of what I believe. That's a great profession. And notice the church now as they walk in the promises of God. All that they were taught on Mount Sinai was now going to be put into practice. Well, they're, they're going to attempt anyway to put into practice what they were taught. Does this not echo the Mount of the Beatitudes? Do you remember when Jesus there, as he declares the blessings of God and the truths of the gospel. 
as he calls his church to be with him there in that mountainside. And as Jesus blesses the, the people there on that mountaintop, what were they going to do then? Well, they were to go and live it out. All that Jesus taught in the Mount of Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed, and he, he pronounces wonderful blessings, but they were then to go out and live out these blessings and the promises and the truth that Jesus taught. And in similar fashion, this is how Israel began. Yes, they believed the word of God. And now they were going to walk in the truth of it. They had heard and seen that God could be trusted. And God even promised them, I will do you good. You're going to know my goodness as you obey, as you follow me, as you trust me, as you live out the truths of the word of God. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And Israel learned that. Or they began to learn it anyway. And so here they are now from Mount Sinai. They knew that God is good. His mercy lasts forever. And as they walked in that truth, now notice as it touched their lives, they now wanted to do good to others. They wanted to bless others. As we've already mentioned often at the High Kirk, the church ought never to be a monument or a museum. That's why I have problems with the Presbytery Mission Plan for Stevenson. Because in many ways, our churches can become just monuments. But you know, the church is meant to be a movement. We're to be on the move constantly. And here, the pillar of cloud, as it hovered on that mountaintop of Sinai, God now lifted up his presence. And they were to follow him. They were to follow him. And as they walked together, preparing to follow the presence of God, God would bless them. You know, the church, all they desired was to walk with God, to know his presence with them daily, and that they would walk with him, and that they would, yes, know God's blessing, but that they would also be encouraged then to be sent out. And to do others good. And so here, as we notice in verses 11 to 28, you'll see that great profession of Israel's faith. But now comes such a gracious invitation. In verses 29 to 32, we notice this gracious invitation to Hobab. Now, Hobab, here as we read, now many scholars argue over who he is. He could be another name for Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. So he could be the father-in-law of Moses. And we know him as Jethro, and he's got other names too. But in other parts of the scriptures, we're told that he's the brother-in-law of Moses. Now, to be honest... I don't think we'll ever know. 
But wait till we get to glory. And you wait. Hobab's going to come up and say, Oh, you folks are from the High Kirk. Oh, do you know I've been longing to meet you? Because I know you were asking the question, Who am I? <laughs> well, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, At the moment, I feel that Hobab is the brother-in-law of Moses. I'm just going to, for myself personally, I feel that this is Moses' brother-in-law. The son of Jethro, the priest of Midian, rule the son. And so I believe at the moment anyway that this is the brother-in-law of Moses. And so here's Moses inviting Hobab. He's a Midianite. He's a Kenite. And he's given this gracious invitation. The Kenites were not of Israel. And so here, notice Hobab. He's a God-fearing man. He's a God-fearing man. And Moses just says, oh, please, would you not come with us? And we will do you good. You'll be blessed as you join us. You'll be encouraged. And you can serve with us. You can help us. You know the wilderness. You could watch over us. You could be with us and share our lives because we desire that you would journey with us because we're going home. We're going home and we want you to come with us. And you know, that's the heart of Moses and the people of God. As they were going on their journey now into the promised land, this was going to be home. They were going home. They were going home into the presence, the rich presence of God. They were going to enter into a place where God would, oh, the land will be flowing with milk and honey. The land will be flowing with blessing. And so here's now Moses giving such a beautiful invitation. Come, would you not join us? Will you not share and partake? And then the blessing. We will do you good. May God bless you as you journey with us. Yes, we're going to know valleys. We're going to know storms. We're going to know trials. And even when we get into Canaan, yes, there's going to be problems in life. But, oh, God will bless you if you journey with us. Through the valleys, yes, God's goodness and mercy will follow us. And if we follow Christ, he will do us good. And so, as Hobab receives this gracious invitation, we don't actually know the end result of the invitation. We are not actually told if he responded. But something tells me that he did respond. And not just Hobab, but his whole family why do I believe that? Well, in Judges, 
we're told that the Canaanites came to dwell with Judah. When the land was being allocated, Judah, the Canaanites dwelt with Judah. Isn't that amazing? That Hobab's family in the promised land dwelt with Judah. They inherited the promises that were given to Judah. Judah, of course, was the promised tribe that the Messiah will come through. That Jesus is going to be born through that line of Judah. Judah, of course, means praise. And Jesus, we're told, is the lion of the tribe of praise. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. God is going to raise up a scepter. He's going to raise up a prophet greater than Moses. And he will come from the line of Judah. And here's Hobab, received a gracious invitation. Will you not join us? And something tells me that Hobab responded to the invitation to go home with the people of God. I just wonder today, is there a heart here? Maybe you've been coming to church for some time, and, but you've always felt as if you're just at a distance to it all. Maybe you've been sitting in the church here for maybe many years, maybe months, maybe weeks. And you feel that your heart is being strangely warmed to the things of the gospel. You feel drawn, not to a religion, not just to an ideology, but you feel your heart drawn to the presence of Christ. You feel a love growing for Jesus, but yet maybe you still feel as if you're at a distance. You're just not sure what's happening. Maybe there's been times you've been in the church here and you've felt tears fill your eyes and you don't know why. Maybe you've been in this church and you've felt something in the atmosphere. You can't explain it, but you know this. Oh, Lord, what's happening? And you just can't quite understand it all. And here, Hobab responds. I will go with this man. I will go with the people of God. And as the Kenites traveled with Israel, they also finally came to the resting place with the people of God. And so, what a glorious response. Notice in verses 33 to 36. The trumpets sound, God is with his people. And so God responds with his presence. If there was long blasts on the trumpet, that often meant assemble or celebrate. For God's presence is in your midst. So whenever you heard the long blasts of the trumpet, you knew God was in our midst. But then the short blasts, if there was the short blasts of a trumpet given, it meant now it's time to be sent out. Now it's time to go. Often the short blasts of a trumpet were given when it was time to go to war. And God still promised, whether it's the long blasts or the short blasts, I will be in your midst. And so when the angel 
blew the trumpet there. Notice in Revelation chapter 11 at verse 15, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Isn't that lovely? The trumpet blasts. Christ our King has won, and he will reign forever. And so the trumpet blasts were a reminder of God's sovereignty. Thy kingdom come. And so, as we journey, as God responds with his presence, notice also that the people respond with praise. They just rejoice. They become a people of praise. And as they gave that shout of praise, and as the ark is now carried with them into the wilderness, oh, God's beautiful presence with them, as God responds with his presence, the people now begin to respond with praise. They rejoice with all their hearts. And now here they are. Praise takes them to the field. Praise takes them actually into the wilderness. And so we finally notice in these verses that Moses now responds. And how does Moses respond? And this is what I love. As God responds to his people with his near presence, and as the people begin to respond with praise, now all attention is on Moses. And what does he do? He prays. He just bows his heart in prayer. For praise has led into the place of prayer. And notice Moses, he now prays. And you can see his heart. Lord, I trust you to guide us through this wilderness. He prays for God's blessing. Lord, guide us. May your presence be upon us. Oh, that we would know your mercy and your grace and your love. And there in the evening hour, he would pray again. Lord, again, let your presence return to us. And so in his morning prayers, God bless us. In the evening hour, Lord, bless us again. And so here, Moses, the man of prayer, as he leaves this mountaintop, can I encourage you this morning, as you leave this mountaintop, as you come to church, yes, can I encourage you, yes, respond to the presence of God. But will you also leave here and look for people to invite on the journey? Pray for people. Pray for your family, your loved ones. Go into the place of prayer and begin to praise the Lord for his blessings. Each morning as you rise, pray. 
And as you close the evening hour of the day, pray. And ask God, bring the hearts of those you love before him. And ask him, Lord, will you prepare the hearts of those that I would love to see coming on the journey with me? And then pray, Lord, give me then an opportunity that I can invite them on the journey. And it may be that for some of you, it may be that you'll just meet someone in, in the supermarket or they'll, someone will happen to, they'll phone out of the blue, you haven't heard from them in a long time. Or just someone you bump into on the street and you think, wow, I was just thinking about them. Why don't you invite them to church? And if you don't feel brave enough yet to do that, why don't you bless them? Why don't you do them good? Why don't you tell them, do you know this? I've been thinking about you. In fact, I've been praying for you. Oh, I hope you're keeping well. I hope you're keeping better. Oh, be a blessing. Now that's the church. As God calls us here this morning, we're now to go out and be a blessing. Oh, can we do that? Is that your heart? Well, let's unite our hearts as we pray to God and as we respond to his presence here with us this morning. And then Billy's going to lead us in our intercessory prayers. So let's pray together. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, gracious saviour of my ruined life, my guilt and cross laid on your shoulders. In my place, you suffered, bled and died. You rose, the grave and death are conquered. You broke the bonds of sin and shame. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, may all my days bring glory to your name. Father, we so thank you very much for what you've done for us, that you are our rock and our redeemer and our saviour. Lord, by going to that cross and dying for each one of us, you took our guilt and our shame. Lord, in our place, you suffered. You bled and you died. But thank you, Lord, that you rose again. And because of that, Lord, the grave and death are conquered. Lord, you set us free from the things that would hold us back. And Lord, we just, right now as our heads are bowed before you, Lord, we give you our lives afresh. And we ask you, Lord, to move among us and fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may bring glory to your name. And Father, as you think of our, our own fellowship here, Lord, at the High Kirk, we pray a blessing on all those, Lord, who can't be here this morning. We think of those who may be in hospital or unwell, we ask you to bless them. We think of those, Lord, who are housebound now and, and can't manage out the church. Lord, we just pray that they will listen to your message today, Lord, and be blessed. And Lord, we pray for those who used to sit in the pews 
And for some reason or other, Lord, of deciding not to come back. Lord, we just pray for them right now, Lord, that you will refresh their souls. Lord, that you will cause a revolution, a revival, Lord, in this our town, Lord, in this our county, in this our country, that you will move and that you will bless. And Lord, we pray too for our families. Lord, you know each one of them by name. You know the number of hairs on their head, Lord. You know who they are and where they are in relationship to you. Lord, we thank you for those who know you. And we pray for those who don't. We pray, Lord, that you will send someone alongside. Someone who does know you, Lord, and will have an influence on them and will bring them to you. Lord, we pray for the the wider world now, Lord, and we, we think of the situation that's still going on in Ukraine. Lord, we pray for peace in that land. We just pray, Lord, that for the Christians there, Lord, that you will be very close to them, Lord. And they will continue to look up to you. We pray for the situation in our own country, Lord. With the energy crisis, with the rising cost of petrol and the cost of living. And the number of people that have to choose between heating and eating. Lord, we ask you to bring about a solution to these issues, Lord. Lord, we ask you to move in the hearts of our government and give them wisdom. Lord, that we might soon see an end to the struggle. But Lord, during this struggle, we just pray that you continue to be close to each one of us, Lord. And help us to continue to be your witnesses. Lord, we bring before you our tithes and offerings. And we ask you to take them and use them for your work. And Lord, we think of the situation that faces our church. We pray for those people who have to make the decision as to whether we are to close or whether we have to stay open. Lord, we pray that in this situation, your will will be done. And Lord, we just ask you that as we leave your sanctuary, Lord, we just pray that you will go with us, with each one of us, Lord. And just be with us during the rest of this week, Lord. Lord, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Billy, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, dare I ask the question, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. 
Oh, take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's worship the Lord together as we sing in our closing hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. So now to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, may grace, mercy and peace abound from God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and be upon you all now and forevermore.